Hello everybody, it's Scott, your friends. Greetings to you, South Bend City Church. Uh, we're here together in video, in spirit, and I want to give you a big Merry Christmas. Wish I could be with you in person, but we will do that one day. Did you know this about the Christmas story? It's assumed that Mary rode on a donkey, but actually the Bible doesn't say that she did. It's assumed there was an innkeeper, but the Bible doesn't mention one anywhere. It's assumed that there were three magi, but it doesn't give the number of how many there were. It's assumed that there was a star overhead when Jesus was born, but it doesn't say that either. It's assumed that Jesus was born in a stable, but all it says is that he was laid in a manger, and that could have been any number of places. See, Christmas comes with a lot of assumptions, and some are helpful, and some are not so much. Assumptions are, in essence, limited conclusions. You only have so much information, and our brains, trying to create a story, a scenario, make sense of what is happening, is creating and filling out that story and making an assumption, making a limited conclusion. The incarnation story is just a little bit of scripture. Like, if you put it together, it's maybe three chapters. And so, with that little information, we've used our creative imagination to kind of flesh out the story. And over time and tradition and low-budget pageant shows, we've made a lot of assumptions about how the story goes. Spirituality also comes with a lot of assumptions, limited conclusions about what all of this is. And the ones that stop working for us or even fail us are the limited conclusions we made make about who this is supposed to happen to, what it's supposed to look like, and what it's supposed to do for us. Here are some assumptions you may have come across. You should be more than you are now to be pleasing to God. Your weaknesses are in the way of God's plan for your life. Your lack of religious fervor disqualifies you from taking part in divine happenings. You're probably not doing it right. Other spiritual people have something you don't have. Our assumptions hinder our spiritual journey in all kinds of ways, mostly in dismissing us from feeling like we're part of the same story as all of these other people from the Bible, or all of these other people that we see doing religion right. But the good news is that the antidote to assumption is surprise. The surprise of Christ's incarnation is that it's happening in Mary's day, just like it's happening in your day, in your lack of resources, your overcrowded lodging, your unlit night sky, your humble surroundings. There's a passage in scripture that's very small and often overlooked, but it alludes to this assumptions that can hinder our spiritual journey. And it takes part in the incarnation story. So in Luke, this angel appears to Mary and says, you're gonna have a child. And this is how it goes. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed 
is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Mary is told this unbelievable message, which is she, a virgin, is going to uh, become pregnant and give birth to the Son of God, this divine incarnation. And then she's also told that her relative, Elizabeth, who's like past menopause, in old age, is also going to become pregnant. In fact, she already is. And then the angel leaves. And what does Mary immediately do? She packs her bags and goes and sees Zachariah and Elizabeth. Why? Probably to corroborate if the angel said is true, but also probably to be with others who've been through exceptional experiences. An angel appeared to Mary, and that has to be amazing. But then the moment the angel leaves, she's just back in her normal life. She's changed, but everything else has stayed the same. And when you've changed, and nothing else has, it can be incredibly lonely. After I graduated high school, I went and lived in France. I lived there for a year, I worked. I went to school, I grew in my French speaking skills, I traveled, I made friends, I came up with new habits. I transformed, I changed, I evolved as a person. And then I came home. And I know life had gone on with my friends, but I came home and everything else had stayed the same. And my friends, you know, with open hearts were like, how was it? How was your trip? How was living there? And I was like, it changed my life. Uh, I don't really know how to talk about it. And they're like, oh cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. You wanna go see a movie? <laughs> they didn't know how to talk to me and I didn't know how to talk to them. There's a loneliness in going through exceptional experiences. It's only when I met other people who had traveled, who had gone overseas, who had lived in another country that I was able to find solidarity in my experiences. I could lay down my loneliness and join a community that had also expressed the same experience I had in transforming. This is why reunions happen. This is why vets get together and talk about old stories. Uh, vets, <laughs> I, vets, I mean like soldiers, you know, who get deployed and stuff. But I guess veterinarians, you know, animal doctors probably get together too and talk about their experiences. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Mary rushed to her relative's house because she needed to talk to somebody else who had talked to an angel because that's a weird experience and a very lonely one. It's really hard to talk about something deeply important that nobody else has experienced with you. She also needed to talk to another woman who was having a miraculous incarnation happening inside of them. It's really interesting in this pandemic time that we're experiencing a lot of loneliness and mostly because of the isolation, the distancing, the stay-at-homeness that we're all having to do. And if it hasn't been said before, I'll just say it. It really sucks. It's lame. It's awful. I, I don't like it at all. But I wonder if there's another part of our loneliness that has to do that we're in an exceptional experience and we're transforming during this time. The ease of sharing has been removed from us. With all the other things that are going on, it's really hard to get to be like, hey, what's happening to you? And maybe instead of always talking about how we can overcome this, you know, we gotta overcome, we'll get through this and all that stuff, although we will, an end to this will come soon enough. Maybe what we can offer to each other is to go, I'm going through this too, just like you are. And we can share in the solidarity of going through exceptional experiences and how it's changing us. 
I remember in my 20s, I, uh, I was feeling this invitation to become a professional artist. Um, one of the steps I had done, I was a high school teacher and then I quit teaching to make more time for making art. And then I had the typical artist job, which was waiting tables. But about 10 months into that, I found myself having to turn down art jobs because I couldn't get my shifts covered at this restaurant. The next step that I sensed was I needed to get rid of my waiting tables job and step into this full-time art career. But that seems impossible. A full-time art career? How do you make money as an artist full-time? This is the question adults ask you the moment you sign up to go to art school. So what did I do? I sought out other artists who had done this step that I knew I needed to do. And I couldn't, I didn't really know any visual artists at the time, but I knew a couple musicians who had gone full-time music, and so I talked to them. And their experiences were very different, but they said basically the same thing, which was, I needed to take a leap of faith. There were all these signs around me, inwardly and outwardly, that I could do it, and I just had to take that leap of faith and trust that that invitation was actually gonna take care of itself. This reminds me of the Magi in The Christmas Story. The running theory is that these Magi were a kind of upper-class, wealthy, star-watching celebrity priesthood based in Persia. The Magi would have been familiar with this prophecy of this God as man, savior coming from the Israelites who were enslaved in Babylon hundreds of years ago. So when they saw an unusual star in the West, which could have been a supernova, it could have been a collection of planets, or it could have just been good old-fashioned supernatural manifestation, they made the long journey to find the king. And their identities will probably always be a mystery, but what we get from them is two great things. One, a really catchy song, and then two, a great example of paying attention. They were paying attention, not to just what was around them, the sun, the land, the stars, the sky, but they were paying attention to how these exterior patterns illuminated the interior patterns within them. Their journey is what's really transformational for us is that God will place patterns inside of us that will be revealed in the exterior world outside of us. I mean, was the deep desire of the Magi to go on a road trip? I'm not saying the journey wasn't enjoyable, but remember, there was no AC and cruise control. It was just desert heat and camel humps. The deep desire of the Magi was to connect with the creator of the world. And they trusted the creator to reveal the interior soulful journey in the exterior world around them. They wanted to know God, and they were willing to move from observation to participation to know God. There was no promise that traveling hundreds of miles and unknown territory was gonna lead them to a baby, but they were willing to trust the signs to go and see. I mean, is it too fantastical to think that the giver of your soul and the giver of this world would use both of those things to lead you to a deeper knowing? Are we not told that there will be signs from birds in the sky that will let us know that providence is watching out for us. Are we not told that in the act of feeding and giving those who are thirsty something to drink that we will actually be doing that to the King of Kings? Have you not in your life found yourself at some moment going, I don't know what's happening, but it feels like someone's trying to get my attention. We see Mary enter Elizabeth's home and Elizabeth exclaims, how am I so favored that the mother of our Lord would come and visit me? She's surprised. She's saying, I assumed I was never going to have kids and now I'm pregnant. I assumed that I was going to be just a small deal and here I am with the mother of the coming king in my living room. 
sharing in the same miraculous announcement that I have. But here it is happening, and I believe it. And she says to Mary, blessed is the one who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is the one who steps out and trusts what's seemingly impossible. I remember the day that I drove to work to put in my two weeks, and it's like everything in creation was announcing that I was making the right choice. Like these billboards on the way to work that were advertising new condo builds or travel deals. They were saying like, step out, take a risk, time for a change, right? Tom Petty's song, uh, It's Time to Move On, It's Time to Keep Going was on the radio. Even the migrating geese in the sky were saying, hey, step out, it's time to make a change. The exterior patterns were pointing to the interior patterns that I had been paying attention to. Blessed is the one who believes. The antidote to assumption is surprise. It's a surprise that life can come through barren places. It's a surprise that meek nobodies partake in divine plans. It's a surprise that messengers are sent to you all along life's hidden journey to let you know that you're not alone. It's a surprise that you will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. It's a surprise that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can. Your assumptions think there must be something that can. But surprise, nothing can. A lot of our troubles come from the assumption that we can be separated from God, that we can be separated from love. And in closing, I'd like to give you a couple practices, a couple surprises that are the antidotes to those assumptions. Two things, one spirit, one body. In some mysterious way, you have the capacity to talk to God. That somewhere along the way, you probably, it may have come really naturally when you were a kid, but you identified that you could talk to the divine. That you had a portal, some kind of doorway. Let's use the metaphor of a telephone. That there's this telephone, this direct line to the divine. Had, did somebody give you that telephone? Did you go to a store or a room or a sanctuary and then they gave it to you? Or did you just become awakened that it was already there? That it was already built inside of you? Already placed inside of you? And you had always had this line to talk to the divine? Have you paid attention to that telephone that's in there? It was nothing that you had to get. It was already in there. You can ignore it. You can cover it up, noise and ego and fear. That kind of covers it up, the busyness of our lives. But when you take the time, you're like, oh, there it is. I can make a phone call. It's interesting that you have a telephone inside of you and I have a telephone inside of me. And actually everybody has a telephone inside of them. So then how do we communicate to people? Do we think that it's up to us who have a telephone, that we must go to different places, cultures, countries and go, you need a telephone? Or do we see that we already have a telephone and we could come alongside people and go, hey, do you answer the call? <laughs> what are your conversations like? How have you made sense of this telephone that's within you? It's a very different stance to take to say, I'm going to acknowledge the telephone that's already in you versus I am the one who has the telephone to bring. The surprise is that there's already a telephone in all of us. 
and that can never be taken away. Nothing can separate us from the phone call to love. Two, if you can, wherever you're at, can you find your heartbeat? It's in your chest, maybe you need to reach in your coat. If you can't find it in your chest, you can do it here, you can do it on your hand. If you can't find a heartbeat, maybe you're a zombie. But find your heartbeat and sit with it for a second. As you sit with it, let me ask you this question. Just like the telephone, did you go and get your heart? Did you go to a store or a building or a sanctuary to get your heart? Or was it already in there, already placed inside of you? Are you in charge of your heart? Can you control your heart? This thing that's beating inside of you is actually what is sustaining your life right now. You're here, I'm here, we're all here because of something that we're not in charge of, something that happens that we don't have to pay attention to. In a way, it's a bit of a grace. A grace, it's something we've never had to earn, it's just already there. Our very lives happen because of something we're not in charge of. And so we have this telephone and we have this beating heart and these are the surprise that nothing can separate us from God. So may you thank God with joyful surprise at how much you have assumed incorrectly. Grace and peace.